0: Welcome to the Bernadette Joy Show Crush This Debt, live recording from the Charlotte Shout Festival. My name is Andy Goh, and I am here to introduce you to our host, Bernadette Joy. But first, let me tell you all a little bit about what we're doing. Bernadette and her husband have crushed over $300,000 worth of debt, including recently paying off their house to become 100% debt free in the last few months. So she's now on a mission to help eliminate $1 million worth of debt from other people's lives and is here today to share that knowledge, share some stories and some tips to help everybody listening join her campaign to crush $1 million worth of debt and love their debt-free lives. So everybody here, Coco Director and Charlotte Shout, give a big, warm round of applause for Bernadette Joy.
1: Yay! I asked Andy to do that because he has the best podcast radio voice. And thank you so much to everyone for coming today. This is an exciting day. This is a little bit out of my comfort zone because we're doing this completely live here from Coco and the director in Uptown Charlotte. And I want to give a huge shout out to Charlotte Shout, which is the city's 250th anniversary. Isn't that awesome?
0: That's amazing. 250 years of Charlotte. North Carolina.
1: Whoa, yes. And we're here um, kicking off three days of live podcasting with some other amazing podcasts. So if you are in town and want to check out some other cool podcasts that are happening in Charlotte, you can come by Coco and the director and listen in live and you can even be part of some of these podcasts, including today's. A recording.
0: You could buy us coffee, too.
1: Oh, yes, please do. I do a mocha latte, so in case you're wondering what my order is. And I'd love to give a huge thanks to Brian and the Queen City Podcast Network for having us today. He's doing um, three days of a lot of work, so I appreciate being able to do this live recording. And I also want to give a huge thanks to our uh, partner, who is Family Wealth Partners. They're actually our sponsor for the podcast today, and they're actually my financial planners. <laughs> and Leo's in the audience going, woo! (laughs) and uh they're gonna um be helping us out in terms of sharing some more information and some other events that are going to be happening around the city so i'll tell you a little bit more about that later but first i want to talk a little bit about this mission so andy mentioned a million dollars and i am here (laughs) he's making it rain that's what you do right yeah you make it rain so a million dollars of debt that i'm looking to help um, other people pay off in their lives. And so why am I doing this? Long story short, as Andy mentioned, I just became recently debt free which I'm super excited about 100% debt free. So that's including the mortgage. Yay. And, um, and I, in the last month that we were just talking about this right before we got on the live podcast is that I've had a lot more freedom and a lot less stress. I was just telling, um, Andy that I'm doing things like in-home yoga, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty fun. And next week I'm going to be starting to take singing lessons Ooh. and, and doing some cool stuff. And, part of the reason I'm able to do that now is because I, one don't have to worry about the finance part of those things because all the money that I've been paying towards things like, you know, house payments and student loans and things that people pay for like credit cards and stuff. I'm now putting towards things that I really enjoy doing. And, um, my friends have even said, I'm, seem a lot happier (laughs) the last couple of weeks. And so I thought, you know what? This would be really amazing if other people had this opportunity too. to, you know, one of the questions that I I thought to myself, and actually recently, uh, my husband and I, AJ, we just went to our first trip in a long time. We just came back from Italy, which was super fun. And I learned about Michelangelo. I learned like that, you know, obviously he's this amazing you know, artists from the Renaissance and everybody knows him. But what I learned on one of these walking tours was that he was actually adopted by this super rich family in Florence. And that's how he was able to like spend four years just painting this, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And that got me thinking, well, imagine all the things that people would be doing if they weren't having to worry about making money or paying their bills, right? So, I had this idea that I wanted to help people do that, release their genius through financial freedom. And I thought, you know, a million dollars is is a good number. (laughs) It sounds like it sounded like a good number to start off with.
0: Right, right, right. And you're actually a little bit of the ways there, too, I believe.
1: Yes. So um, what's exciting is that I did a little bit of a soft launch of his campaign earlier this year before I became debt free with the house I was debt free of all of my other things and um, just have been putting out tips and putting out the podcast that we've done together Andy so the first season of the podcast is Crushed Is Dead and it's 10 episodes that Andy worked super hard on and I just talked and then he made it sound really good (laughs) really good Um, and people started listening to that podcast and then following us on social media and kind of following the tips along the way and um, as of you know, a, uh, Last night I looked at the numbers and we're cl- almost close to $300,000.
0: $300, $300,000? So you're already more than a quarter of the way to your goal.
1: More than a quarter of the way towards a million dollars. That's and amazing. Yeah. So I've been super excited about that. But that has been just through people hearing about us. So opportunities like this to be able to share the actual mission is something that's really going to be important in getting the next $700,000 in play. So that is what we're here to do today, is to share more about the million-dollar mission. And really, it's just to share more information. So some of the things that we're going to talk about are some stories of other people who have been paying off their debt. And um, I'm going to share a couple of people here. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about my story and... Most importantly, answer some questions. So since I paid off the house, I've gotten a a flood of questions from people asking how we did it and what are some tips that they can do to do that. So we're going to be answering those questions throughout this. And if you're listening today, if you have a question, feel free to um, submit that question to us and we can answer it live on air today. Does that sound good? I
0: love it. Let's do it.
1: Yes. So, the first thing is, um, I thought it'd be helpful for no one else other than Andy <laughs> to talk about his um, journey recently, and um, I'm really excited about him because I think he's had a pretty exciting last couple of months. So, let's start off with, you know, obviously, you and I met on the podcast, right, and I um, at the time, you were in a full-time job. That's right. Right? And recently, you've decided to become your, your own boss. That's
0: right. Yes. It's yeah. uh, perhaps the best or possibly the worst decision <laughs> I've ever made, but time will tell. Um, no, it's it's actually a fantastic business. I'm, uh, consulting and producing podcasts full-time. So working with clients just like yourself uh, to create shows just like Crush This Debt. Yes. So that's an awesome place to be, to be able to do that full-time. It's 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 really kind of a... Uh, I don't know that it was ever my dream, but, you know, I just I, I feel like in the last year or so, I've realized that it's my dream and and treated it as such, you know, and, and that's a really cool place to be for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I was so excited when you decided to make that choice because I remember us, you know, going through the motions of uh, recording my podcast and, and you had such creative ideas and you were so great at coaching me because this was my first time doing it. And I was I always thought like, you know, if you can make this your full time job, like you would be so amazing at it. Mm. So Thank the you. fact that you're doing it full time now is super exciting. Uh, but the question for you is how did that how did that decision impact you financially?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it it was definitely a big financial um Thing, uh, to consider, right? Because full-time job, uh, you know, you've got that steady paycheck, that direct deposit and oh, it's every two weeks. And it's I, just I miss like,
1: that sometimes.
0: <laughs> right. It's just, you know, it's a very comfortable place to be. And, uh, and there's a peace of mind that comes with that, that is, uh, that's hard to give up. Right. Yeah. And, and especially when you do make that transition and you flip that switch, you're in this mode of having to obviously come up with revenue, constantly to be able to make up for that so Mm -hmm. it's a big sort of thing and um when i made the switch obviously right out the gate i had a few clients but i certainly didn't have anything to replicate what i was making uh at uh at my full-time job which wasn't all that much anyway but you know still it was definitely obviously a step back and also in that time i've had to make investments in my business Mm -hmm. uh things like my marketing my branding um you know, uh, uh, different, uh, just small things that go towards building a business. That's obviously then something that you can promote. And so yeah. there's a lot of uh, costs that were involved there too. Absolutely. Obviously the cost of just living is there. So
1: <laughs> you also have to finance the person who's actually yeah, doing all this stuff. Exactly. So, which is you.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, uh, financially it was, a, it was, it was a huge thing. So I actually, you know, when, when, um, uh, when i was working in my full time job i was relatively debt free right we've yeah. talked about that no credit card yeah. debt you're
1: um, already pretty smart about your money
0: thank you yeah yeah uh, i try to be you know i don't have a car payment or anything like that i try to live fairly minimalist i'm almost
1: uh, I've been to Andy's house. He's pretty minimalist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, it's, it's, you know, I, I try to keep that stuff, the debt specifically down. Um, you know, I had some stuff with my student loans when I was younger, I'm about ready to pay those off. But obviously that experience has really informed me, um, how important it is to have your debt under control, especially when you're doing, uh, something like starting your own business. Yeah. But that said, you know, I didn't have, I don't have a whole lot of just straight up cash savings to just throw at my business. I, I have a, lot a little of people bit don't, of one way. Right? Yeah.
1: Most people don't. And I think that's also something that prohibits a lot of people from starting a business is thinking that you need to have this huge pile of cash mm-hmm. to start a business. And you were able to be really smart about it and think about what you could do right, right now. Right.
0: Well, yeah, luckily enough, I did have some some cash savings that I could use to help, help myself along in this time, uh, in this period. But... Ultimately, what I had to end up doing is is taking on some debt. Mm-hmm. You know, putting some stuff on credit cards, uh, working with some of these LinkedIn coaches and, and branding, um, you know, partners that I'm working with. I mean, that stuff costs money. Those are capital investments I have to make in my business. And I have to in- invest in things like microphones and mixers and. Recording gear and all that stuff, and that stuff is not cheap. The last microphone nope. I bought was four hundred dollars. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, for, for and, a microphone, and that's a mid-level microphone for that type. Dang. Right. So this stuff is not cheap. So Brian knows, man. Shout out to Brian. He invest. He, he spent a lot of money setting up the this this, oh, this setup. Even though it looks pretty minimalist here, it's still there's a lot that goes. I'm like to afraid
1: it. to like touch anything now. I'm like, wait, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's not that here. bad.
0: <laughs> but but the the idea is that you know, I still had to go into some debt. Yeah. But I think. To your point, Bernadette, I think one of the things you stress is the difference between going into debt because your spending habits are out of control and you're not really able to keep track of the money that you're spending. And or you're then, not being
1: mindful about it. Right. And especially
0: mm-hmm. if you're putting it on a credit card, that can really get serious pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in my case, I've been lucky enough to... You know, I had to put some money on on my credit cards and, you know, so I have a little bit of a balance now, but as business is picking up and business picks up every day, yeah, um, I know that not only will I be able to pay off that debt pretty soon, but I'll also have a higher ceiling to make money than where I was when I was working at my nine to five job, Absolutely. You know, even though getting that paycheck every two weeks, direct deposit was nice and comforting and all that. It's really kind of it really kind of locks you into that position, and you really can't move any higher than that. Um, but now with owning my own business, I have no cap, no ceiling, yeah, nothing that's going to hold me back. So it's really just about my own ambition.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a really important point um, that I stress with a lot of people that I'm working with now is a lot of people have reached out to me because they're in a job that maybe they don't love. And they also maybe have some debt, and they come to me and saying like, you know what, if I didn't have this debt, I would be doing X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people have seen my journey in quitting my day job and starting Dressed, my first company, and now doing this consulting stuff. Uh, and so some of the things that I work with people is, okay, well, what do we need to do to get you to that spot. And sometimes part of it in in uh, CRUSH, CRUSH is actually an acronym, the S starts for, it stands for sacrifice, right? Some of the things that you have to kind of give up in the interim to make things work in the long run. Um, but the H is hustle, right? So a lot of what I work with my clients is, okay, what can we do to increase your income, right? You
0: know, I, and, and I hear so many financial experts always saying, you know, don't buy that latte or don't buy that you know, don't, don't go get that drink at at the club. You know, we're saying
1: this while well, we're at a coffee place, right? Exactly. <laughs> right now. But, but
0: seriously, so much financial advice comes down to save, save, save. Don't spend any money that you don't need to. When really, that's a terrible. I don't think that's a great way to live your life. How yeah. about you make more money so you can afford those lattes and take the trip? And yeah, that sounds sounds a lot more appealing to me.
1: Yeah, and so that's that's kind of my approach lately. And I think that's where I want to spread more knowledge about that is that it is possible to live a debt-free life. It is, um, without having to give up everything. Um, and sometimes again, you might have to give up some things in the short term. And that's kind of my philosophy is like, what are the things that maybe aren't adding as much value to you? So if we are talking about those lattes, right. And you're starting up this business, like maybe you do give up lattes for the next couple of months in order to save up for that microphone. But then once you get the microphone, go back to get your lattes. That's totally fine. Right. Um, so I'm curious, how has your lifestyle changed since, since starting the business?
0: Well, it's definitely, um, I've had to make some adjustments, especially from the financial standpoint, obviously. And, uh, when I first started, Bernadette, you and I sat down and, and looked over my budget and you gave me a lot of great uh, really super helpful tips to, to that was super fun for
1: me. I'm such a nerd. I love looking (laughs) at people's budgets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it was really, uh, opening to me to, to think about like all the things that I had to kind of rearrange or reprioritize in, in my own system. So, uh, a lot of the stuff that I was doing in terms of, uh, you know, spending money on, um, like clothes and amazon purchases and stuff like that stuff that was eating up a couple hundred bucks a month otherwise you know i had to take a real hard look at that and and really pare that down so you know that that, but that's that's something that you helped me see Mm -hmm. um obviously i i think of those as temporary sacrifices just like you said um because once you know once i've built the business to where it needs to be and the money's coming in then I definitely expect to go back to buying useless stuff on Amazon, <laughs> like, uh, like any good American
2: should.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think what was really interesting about doing um, the exercise with your budget was that you actually, like I said, you're were, you're were already pretty smart to begin with. But it was more a matter of okay, now we know we have this next venture that you're doing. Where can we reallocate some of your resources so that we can make that work also? So, um, and knowing that your income was going to be fluctuating too, right. right? So, um, I'm curious, uh, how has your, how's your family reacted to this change in your,
0: oh gosh. in your life? Oh gosh. Um, my whole family is teachers, right? Like all of them, my aunts, my uncles, mom, dad, everybody, uh, elementary all the way up to university. Um, so there's no entrepreneurs in my family at all. And, um, you know when i told them what i was doing they uh they were really worried about me to be honest with you uh, cuz again that, you know to them starting a business is i think a lot more than what it really is for, especially you know with this industry in this kind of service industry that right. i've chosen you know i don't have to have a brick and mortar location i don't have to pay for insurance i don't have to you know have inventory or anything like that so i you know i think it's it's not quite what my parents picture in their head but they know that they know that there's a chance that just and it statistically plays out that what I don't know a big chunk of businesses that start fail,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I think within
1: the first three years, they say usually, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure there's a statistic out there, some percentage of businesses that fail in the first three years, so I'm sure they're naturally worried about it. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, I don't know that they fully understand what I'm doing, and I can't slow down what I'm doing just to appease them or. You know, uh, uh, you know, bend over backwards to make sure that they're comfortable with what I'm doing. On at the end of the day. I don't care whether they're comfortable (laughs) with what they're doing or not with what I'm doing or not. And I know that sounds cold, but like I can't I can't be, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to be focused on what you're doing. You have to be committed to your vision and you can't let anybody, family, friends, no matter who it is, tell you 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 can't do what you do because they just don't see the vision that you do. Right. right? They don't share the vision that you do. And they probably they might never see the vision the way that you do. So you have to pursue that no matter what people say.
1: And I think that so relates to, I mean, I can relate to that too. I have, you know, very traditional Asian parents that were like, you're either going to be a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant. My mom and dad and my brother are all accountants. Um, so for me to not be an accountant was one thing. For me to then quit my very nice job and then be like, I'm going to start like a dress rental business and I'm going to do things like podcasting. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, but that's a, that's the same way that it kind of went down with our debt-free journey as well. You know, um, my husband and I, AJ, we had to change a lot of things in our lifestyle. So things that we used to do or things that are like, for example, you know, trips and stuff like that, like we didn't do it for the last couple of years. Um, and they are like, that to, that to them meant they thought that we were in trouble like financially, mm. when actually we were probably in the same spot that a lot of other Americans right. are in. But we were just choosing to do something different and work off paying that debt. And what's been interesting is um, now that we're completely debt free, that vision has been is, is like very palpable now. So now they understand why we did it, but it took three years <laughs> for them to figure out that, oh, it was worth what we were doing. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Again, it comes down to you having that vision. They didn't see that vision and that's too bad. It'd be great if they could, but you got to be true to what you do. And, um, you know, another one of the things that I really like about that and, and the podcast that we worked on, you know, Crushless Debt isn't just about talking about how to budget and how to, you know, pay off a. Of, a lot of debt in a Although short amount of time. Stuff, yeah, yeah, happen. of course. It, and, and there's great information in there about yeah. how you did it. Obviously, anybody can listen to it and figure out exactly how you did it. But I, I think what really sets your podcast apart is is the way that you were able to destigmatize talking about money within your family. Um, obviously, if you listen, there's an episode where you talk about you know bringing the subject up with AJ, your husband, uh, and 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 telling him about the debt that that you had acquired. Then there's episodes where you talk about your family and 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 telling them about your debt goals and and your money goals and how you can't, you know, do certain things because you have to adhere to those goals. And so often, I feel like. People, it's so taboo to talk about money in our society, and that's mm-hmm. such a terrible thing, and really a destructive thing too. Because you see what happens is that even though your your parents, who themselves are very smart financially, right? They're accountants and finance professionals. And your
1: parents are teachers, right? So obviously very educated, right? Also.
0: So you know it should be easy to talk about these things, but but it's not. And and what you hear in your podcast is that your your parents didn't weren't didn't really jive with what you were saying and and once you dug a little bit more they weren't even really communicating with each other and that leads to a whole host of issues um and, and, you know, that happened to me, too. Yeah. That happened to me, too, when I was when I was going through uh, college and getting my student loan debt. You know, I, I, I racked up a ton of student loan debt more than I thought I was really doing, <laughs> of course, because that's
1: as, as most of us. Today, right. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, but, you know, I hadn't I got into some trouble like trying to repay that. Um, you know, my parents, my sister had to pick up some of those payments for me and it really caused a huge rift in my family. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really. Almost tore the family apart. And in fact, I remember talking to my sister one time. We were arguing, and I said, "Well, it's just money. It's Mm -hmm. just money. It's just not everything. You know, it's not everything, which is true." But my sister said something that's also is true, which is that, yeah, it's not everything. Money's not everything, but money can tear apart your family. Yeah, and I realized we've seen
1: it. You know, tears up marriages. Tears up. You know, I know people who. We're business partners and don't talk anymore because of money and all that stuff. So you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, that communication is so key. And I think that that's one of the one of the cool things about what you're doing, Bernadette, with the podcast, with everything else that crush this debt is, is that you're helping to destigmatize that that inability to talk about money because, oh, we shouldn't know what our coworkers make or, you know, oh, we don't want to talk about this. Yet we all we want to <laughs> post pictures of our travels on Instagram and right. our new Prada shoes and all that. So, you know, I I don't mind all that, but we definitely need to be more financial literate and, and you're helping to do
1: that every single day. Thank you. And I appreciate you for being super transparent about it because it's not easy to talk about this, especially like we're in a public place right now, we're talking about this. And that's that's kind of the whole point of this one million dollar mission is what can we do? The, the one million dollars is kind of you know, a benchmark for me to look at. But I want to think about that $1 million as a whole slew of decisions and and choices that people are making to get to that $1 million. And those are the things that I really care about. Those are things that, you know, if, If getting in the course of one million dollars, we're also helping people repair their relationships, get jobs that they really like doing, starting starting businesses that they love, spending more time with family and friends and traveling. That's the piece that is really important. And so that's why that's why we're here today. So before um, we cut to the break, I want to ask you one more question. So if you could give advice to someone who is starting that business and, and looking to stay financially savvy about it, what would you what would you tell them?
0: Have deep pockets going into it, <laughs> um, but seriously, um, really do a financial check before you make that jump to make sure that you can do it. Like dead serious. Like yep. I couldn't do what I did if I didn't have a certain amount of money in the bank. Um, I couldn't do what I did if I didn't have a certain amount of room on my credit cards. Right. I couldn't do this if I didn't have a certain amount of money coming in. So at least I knew like what sort of income I was coming in or that I was could expect. And if you don't know those things, that's obviously, you know, going to set you up for some, some bad times. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, once you get into it, obviously it's about prioritizing where you're spending it. But I, if you don't have a certain runway or a certain ability to sustain your business for six months to a year, then that's, that's going to be really tough. And that, that stinks too, because like, yeah we should all have that opportunity to, to start our own business and to make the most out of ourselves. And if you really hustle, you can do it. But if you don't have a certain amount of runway, man, that's really tough for me to advise somebody to give up a full-time job right. and pursue something that could possibly fail and, and cripple them financially, you know, if, if they're not ready for it.
1: And honestly, I think that's why a lot of businesses fail is because, and I'll, I'll say this personally, you know, I started three years ago with my business and Luckily, I'm still here, but I met a lot of people who started around the same time as me and they ended up closing those businesses down, not even necessarily because the business wasn't doing great, it was because they they didn't have the runway to adjust their lifestyle to be able to keep the business going, right? So to your point, one of the things that I um, work with a lot of clients is before you start a business, so I have a lot of clients who reach out to me and say, I want to start a business, I'm like the first thing I will tell you to do before you start your business is get your personal finances in order. Because if you can't handle your own finances, I don't know how you're gonna be able to handle the finances of a real business because it's a lot more complicated than just figuring out where you're spending your money on clothes and all that. So if you can't even do that, that's gonna be a lot harder. So I think that's a great tip. So we're gonna take a little bit of a break uh, and get reset for our next segment. So stay tuned. First, a word from our sponsor. So this is my favorite thing. Let me ask you a question. What does a drinking wine have in common with investing in your IRA, 401k, college funds, and other investments? <laughs> other investments. I'm laughing because I love wine and all of those things. It's probably like my five favorite things. Um, So on May 21st at Total Wine and More in the Myers Park location, family wealth partners will share four myths about investing your money and four myths about wine tasting, which I'm, I'm equally interested in both of those things. And you can discover what can be done to improve your outcome and experience with both money and wine, how amazing is that? So you can learn more and register today at fwpevents.com, that's FWP. FWPEvents.com. And again, that's Family Wealth Partners. And I will put a personal plug. Leo is actually here today. He is my financial planner. So I'm not just saying this because, you know, they're our sponsor. I'm saying this because yesterday we were actually working and talking about how AJ and I are going to become millionaires and putting a plan in place. So they do a really good job. So if you're interested in learning more about what they do and you also love wine, come check us out. All right. We'll be back from the break. we are back from our break and I'm super excited for this next segment because we have another live story. I want to introduce you guys to Angela. Let's give Angela a round of applause here. Woo! Yay. And so Angela is someone that I've met. How long ago did we meet? Maybe. Um,
2: I think right around Two, two years two, ago? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there, two years. Two
1: years ago. So Angela, we met because she's an aspiring entrepreneur as well. And um, we met because she was helping out with a bunch of stuff that I was doing for my dress business. And then I got to know her and her family a little bit more. But what she is here today is because she is on her own debt-free journey. Yay! Yay! And um, we're going to get right into what she's been up to and some tips because I will tell you, her situation is completely different from mine. And that's one of the things that I want to share as part of this $1 million campaign is that there's lots of things that work for me, but everyone's situation is different. And I want to be able to share that a lot of these tips apply to your life. And maybe there's some tips that I don't have because it didn't happen to me. So that's why I want to bring other people on the show so you can learn more about what might work for you in your your daily life. So Angela, first off, let's talk about... Your debt, right? Yes. So how much debt are we talking about that you're looking to pay off?
2: So we started January 1st, 2019 with $94,107 of debt, uh, which was a soul crushing number. Soul crushing? Soul crushing. Uh, (laughs) My husband and I were both in school, so we're in our 30s and both of us graduated a little late. Mm -hmm. We've got three kids. So that number to us was just like while we were in school, just, you know,
1: overwhelming yeah absolutely yeah
2: so we set a goal for this year to own both of our cars which would be thirty two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars and so that's kind of our the way that we were able to take a big swallow you know because ninety four thousand is just too big to tackle
1: yeah so when you think about that huge number it can feel like you said very overwhelming Right, right so one of the things that you already kind of shared this this tip is to break down that goal into what are some visual things that kind of attribute to that goal that you can feel like makes it more manageable
2: right so you're looking at paying off your cars right right right? and actually um so next month we will own one of them so yay we're halfway there for people
1: in the future we're in may right now so we started in january and by next month they're already going
2: to have one of the cars yes paid off. And so how much debt have you guys paid off so far since January? So so far since January 1st we've paid off $12,109.99. <laughs> I like it I like it. Yeah. And 99 cents. She's still so, she, one
1: of the things I love about her is she's very exact, so the 99 cents is very important. Yes, yes. <laughs> well,
2: I was I was actually debating should I round it up or No girl, no? every time no, like, no, let me just leave it exactly the way that it is. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, we're in May, so that's a couple thousand dollars per month already yes yes so yeah. we actually um we met with you in February <laughs> and um, did our consultation because we have three children and like I said my husband was in Which the school you know in the south bless your heart <laughs> right yes absolutely Three children yeah yes it feels like 400 most of the time but you know um Anyways, and so we uh, we had made a decision in January. We took all of our Christmas money, a good chunk of our savings, and threw it at his truck. So our first payment was actually six thousand. Amazing. So how hard was that to do that? Um, it was really scary, yeah. but at the same time, we were already both on that page. You know, he was graduating. We knew that we were going to have a little bit more wiggle room. So. Um, you know, it was just, we just went with it. Like that was the decision. We felt comfortable with it. Um, and so we just did. Awesome. And so,
1: you know, you paid that in January and we met in February. So one thing to note, right. Is when I met Angela, she was already thinking about this. She was already starting on this journey. She obviously had, um, the motivation to do it. Uh, but when we met, right, it was more talking about what is the plan kind of going forward. Right. right? So can you share a little bit about how you felt that that session went?
2: Um, yeah, so I, I actually felt that it went really, really well. It was great. So my husband and I, the way that we communicate and our perception about this issue is a little bit different. And so, and my husband said, Justin said the same thing when we talked to you, he's like, I'm so glad that we have somebody that speaks about this the way that you do, because mm. we really are on the same page. And, you know, just, just kind of getting that comfort, like, Knowing that there was someone else that went through it, that did it and, and how they did that, how they made decisions, how they let life come at them and let let that change what the plan was. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm so detail oriented. I have a plan and that's what I want to follow to the T. Yep. So um, and and life doesn't let you do that. Yes, and let's talk about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so
1: one of the reasons I I asked Angela to come is because life has not gone as planned. No, not at all. February. So we we met in February. We put this plan in place. We said, okay, this is kind of what we're going to work towards just for the next
2: couple of months. Right.
1: And you know it'll be it'll be great. And then and then what happened? Um.
2: So we met on February first or second. Yeah. And February 9th, our house flooded. 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 And. You you know, at our meeting, we had talked about how much of what was left of our savings were we going to throw at this? And, and you had suggested keeping a thousand dollars emergency fund. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. We have no idea what an emergency could cost. Right. Eight days later, we were given the education <laughs> on what an emergency could cost. <laughs> the, so, the school of hard knocks, huh? Yes, absolutely. So our house flooded and um, we had to move. I was also in a car accident, um, got a speeding ticket, So that was fun. And then we had... um, (laughs) The speeding must have been fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, And we had several of our kids actually get sick. So there was a point where I didn't work at all for a month. And that was really horrifying, especially considering we had just, you know, thrown so much of our money at this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but we've had... um, had a lot of support from family and even a little bit of financial help. Like my dad helped me with my car and I graciously accepted, like, you know, very, very, very grateful for that because it allowed us to kind of stay on this path. Yeah. And then one of the other ways that we really tried to tackle all of these things that were being thrown at us was we kept our goal in mind. So our goal for each month is to pay $2,000 a month towards our debt. And I would say since our house flooded, it hasn't been quite that, but it's been really close. Like last month we paid $1,900. Okay,
1: so. so you're off by a yeah. hundred bucks. Right. I think I think
2: that still deserves some some collapse, right? Some, right. some, claps, right? some right. snaps here. Yeah. So yeah, so and we um so what we did, obviously things were destroyed in the flood. We like had what? to move. What uh so all of our bedroom furniture was destroyed. Oh we had God. um Yeah, so we had a custom wooden bookshelf that had to be repaired. Uh, So we had, you know, just random things. And what we did was we contacted our insurance company and we found out exactly what was going to be covered before we made any purchases. What was so smart? Yes. What, what were we going to get back from them before we did anything? And then based on that number, we chose what we were going to replace or repair. Uh huh. So there were quite a few things that we did not replace. Um, our house looks really interesting right now, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we did get a new bedroom set and I really like it. Oh, yeah, um, good. Yeah. But so none of that, our insurance money, we never had to come out of pocket. Uh, we did temporarily. So I was grateful that we did keep our credit cards, which have no balance. Yep. Um, so that kind of bought us the time to save us from the cash flow issue. But uh, yeah, so we just kept our goal in mind. We, we eat in all the time. Um, we still do dinners at home. We pack lunches when we go to work and things like that. All of these little things really helped us to stay on this path, especially with three small kids. Amazing.
1: I... First of all, when you uh, told me that, well, one, I saw it on Facebook first, right. I think. And then we talked on the phone and I was like, what happened? Right. And you're surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, because I, I feel like you're really good at the stuff, but I would have been probably like a train wreck. And you're like, you're, you're a lot calmer about it than I probably would have been. And I think some things that you just talked about that were really smart is one, you looked at, like you said, what the insurance was going to cover first and right. then made the purchase. A lot of people would go out and just make the purchases or assume that they have to replace right everything right. all at once. And that's where a lot of people get into some serious trouble. Right. So that's really smart. And another thing that you talked about is credit cards, right? So a lot of people know, people who know me know that I don't use, um, credit cards. And they assume that when I sit down with them on their sessions and I'm going to be like, you need to cut these credit cards up immediately. And like, you're not going to be allowed to use them. And I look at every situation very differently. Right. And I look at, okay, well, what is your income? You know, what is your spending habits with credit cards? What else have you got going on? And you know, Maybe the long term goal is not to rely on the credit cards as, as much, but, you know, like it is helpful to to have those in place for for things like that, knowing right. if you're going to be really responsible about it. So just because I don't do something doesn't mean that that's necessarily what is prescribed to everybody. But also at the same time is, you know, looking again at your situation and seeing what you know that you can do within your own means and knowing what your habits are. That's what I. that's a, what a lot of what I work with in. On clients, and when we looked at your budget too, when we looked at what you and Justin were doing, like you guys weren't incredibly
2: irresponsible. It wasn't like no, huge no. credit cards and all this and stuff. It was it was mostly student loans. Yeah, we so our student at. loans were um, the primary amount of debt that we had, and. You know, I'm really proud and, and grateful to say that he and I our combined student loans are the national average for what one person graduates with. Mm-hmm. So we had just over sixty thousand dollars making
1: my <laughs> So I love that you know that you know that stat. I'm like I had no idea what that.
2: that yeah, most that was. most people will graduate with at least sixty thousand dollars in student loans, yeah. and that was our collective loan debt. Oh yeah. Um, and we don't own a home yet, and so that was one of the reasons that we started this journey. Like you know, we were in college, we already have three kids, and so in some ways we're behind on where we would like to be for our children, you know, their savings, their education. And what really attracted me to Crush This Debt and to what you were doing, even before it was a podcast, was the fact that when you attack this debt, you know, not only do you get that sense of financial freedom, but your savings becomes exponential. And it becomes exponential for years before you need to retire or need to pay for those things. So we can tackle all this debt, get debt free by 40, which is the goal. Yay. Um, with a house. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and, um, and still, you know, kind of catch up to where I guess we feel like we should be. Cause we see all these people around us and, I think one of the biggest pitfalls that we fall into as a couple and individually is that we will look at other people and the cars that they're driving or the houses that they're living in, and we will judge our insides by somebody else's outsides. Mm -hmm. We don't have any idea how much money they make or whether or not they're living beyond their means. And one of the things that we have been really good about even before we went on this journey is making financially responsible decisions. You know, our the average that I paid on my credit card monthly last year was $110 a month, and it was paid off in full every month. Yeah. So, you know, we, we felt comfortable keeping our credit cards to solve those cash flow issues because with three small children, we were nervous about just a $1,000 emergency fund. Right. So, and it came in handy, and we don't have credit card debt even yeah. after all of that drama. Yeah. So, which, Is
1: amazing. And again, why I asked you to come, because this is such a life lesson in the sense of, and even a lesson for me, as I've been working with other people, is that life is going to come at you. It's not predictable at all. We can put a plan in place. But on this debt-free journey, there's going to be so many things that are going to happen along the way when you're trying to tackle that. And if you let... which. To be fair, if you let the flood and the, yeah. and the car accident and all that stuff, like I wouldn't have blamed you if you're oh, like. Oh, I did a little bit. For sure. <laughs> I had a panic attack or two. <laughs> if you're like, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. But you still kept to it. Yes. And, you know, I think that's a big piece of what we talk about, which in Crush the Set, the C is change your mindset and R is redesign your life. And the, some of those things that we talked about, and I, I think you said it. Earlier was, you know, you and Justin and when we were sitting down, we talked about what are the things that you guys are looking forward to and what are the goal that you're trying? What are the goals you're trying to reach? So that goal of being, you know, debt free by the time you're 40 and owning a house, that's that's such a
2: that's such a great goal to have but I'm sure that's what's keeping you guys... Yeah, cat, that, right? and then, you know, even with all of this, like, we're planning our first ever Disney vacation with our kids, and that's going to be this year, and we are going to go to Disney without debt. Yes. So, in addition, and one of the things... every Disney! <laughs> yes, I know, I'm so <laughs> excited. And I love that you put out that thing, you know, about how to go to Disney without debt. I was like, ooh! Um, you know, but we... um and that's something that for me, I think has been a little bit harder for me to swallow with the flood because it would have been easier. We wouldn't have had to slow down our you know, expected $2,000 a month. But I've reached a point where I'm okay with it because I don't think most people can say that they have paid off an additional $12,000 in debt in a year. So even And if, still go to Disney. Right. And still go to Disney without debt. But e- so even if like that were that, you know, I would feel really proud of what we've achieved so far, but we're going to keep it going. And if we slow down a little bit to do some of these things that we want to do, great. Because, like Andy said, money isn't everything. You know, it is a thing and it is something that we need, but it's not everything. And for us, the idea of being debt free and supporting our children. Um, is you know, we wanna have family time together and we wanna do things like take singing lessons or in home yoga <laughs> or go to Disney. Um so and and we are gonna do that and uh we're gonna do it as debt free as humanly possible. So right. hopefully we don't get too much more life this year. <laughs> knock on wood.
1: Good life anyway. Yes, yes. Life at Disney and all of that. So yes. last thing I'll ask, I'll ask the same thing that I kind of asked. Andy, is if you had one tip to give people who are just starting out, so you're about five months in now into your debt-free journey, what is one tip that you give people?
2: So I think the number one thing I would say, outside of things that have already been said, like take a good, hard look at your finances, really break down what you spend and where, um, would be, I, I think... My husband and I are the H and crush. We are the hustle. So I, I do all kinds of stuff. So does he. We take on all kinds of odd jobs. And that works really well for us. Neither of us have a specific nine to five. And finding other ways that you can earn money. And sometimes they're you know, I get money back for things that I already spend money on. I get cash back on my gas. I get paid for every receipt that I keep for groceries or clothing stores. Um, I sell all of my kids' clothes pretty much. At the end of the year when they need new clothes so all of those things go back in and it's just really analyzing your life and looking at what you can do with what you have and how you can maximize what you already own and some of those a lot of those are skills we own our own skills and we need to figure out how um, or i need to figure out how i can best use those to get what i want you know to get debt free and, and make a better life for my family
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And again, it's not easy to talk about these things, especially in the public forum like this. So your transparency is so refreshing. Um, you've been posting
2: some really cool tips yourself. So if people want to find you on social media. How can they find you? Uh, so I am on Instagram as Angela Stowe Nicholson and Angela Stowe Nicholson on Facebook. Um, so you can look at me there. I do a lot of DIY, a lot of, um, Things that can help you save cash on kids' parties or... Um, Which is not stuff. my specialty at all. No. She has some really cool tips about kids' stuff, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I do... Um, I'm an event planner on the side. I work by referral. And I do, of course, my own kids' parties. And I have yet to spend more than 400 on a child's party, all decorations, everything included. Um, and I like to share those things, different things that we do as a family, too, that are totally free. Awesome. Well, okay. thank you so much for
1: joining us today. And stay tuned for our next segment.
0: There's that groove. Welcome back to Crush This Debt, the live recording on... Charlotte Shout Weekend at Coco and the Director. Shout out to Coco and the Director for being such fine hosts for the Queen City Podcast Network here today and throughout the rest of the weekend here at Charlotte Shout. Fantastic host great coffee, sandwiches, snacks, and uh I had a
1: really good double chocolate muffin actually.
0: Double chocolate muffin. I had a fantastic almond croissant earlier, and it was just. Fantastic, and uh, obviously this is one of the coolest spaces in in the city. So, um, all right, we're back. My name is Andy Go. I'm here with Bernadette Joy talking about crush this debt and how other people have uh, been able to uh, how she's been able to work with other people and um, help eliminate uh, some debt. And of course, we've got a million dollar debt goal that we're trying to eliminate. Um, Bernadette Joy. But we're going to ask her a couple of questions that have been submitted from you, the listeners and the readers and everybody else who's been submitting questions to Bernadette at Crush This Debt. So we're going to go ahead and ask those now. So Bernadette, are you ready?
1: I am. Shoot.
0: <laughs> okay. So, uh, first question: You started this campaign earlier this year. Um, well, we talked a little bit about where you're at right now with the one million dollar campaign. Uh, you said you're about three hundred thousand uh, dollars through the way, but tell me how that makes you feel just being that far. Yeah. It.
1: Yeah. Well, so I'll be I'll be Angela exact. We're at two hundred ninety eight thousand dollars and uh, no $298,440. Wait, I can't see him. $298,440. There we go. I did. All right. Um, and I am honestly really shocked, <laughs> actually, because I I kind of, when when we first started this, I just put that number out and I thought, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. And I thought about it a little bit like those old school... Um, Telethons, like on PBS, or it's like call in with your pledge to this campaign, and we'll try to like hit that goal. But I put it out there just to you know have a have a number out there. And then uh, a couple of months ago, I put a survey out to ask people to submit. You know, if, if you've listened to the podcast, if I've had a session with you, or if you have been following me on social media, if you don't mind filling out this survey and letting me know how your debt-free journey is going and what you've paid off so far, I was expecting maybe like 50K or I don't know, whatever, like $6,000 here or whatever. I had um, two or three people submit that they were over $70,000 paid off just from a handful of people. And then... Um, the rest of it were other people who have never met before who just said, I listened to the podcast and that day I paid off $6,000 or I um, saw that post that you put on Facebook and it prompted me to pay off an, you know 150 bucks on my credit card. So wow. all that added up to the 298000 and it's super exciting. That
0: is amazing. That's really got to be something when somebody says that, hey, I read something you did or listened to the podcast and just that convinced me right there to you know, start paying off this debt.
1: Yeah. It makes me really happy.
0: All right. So next question for Bernadette, Erica asks, what's the number one thing that you did every day aside from a program in order to pay off your house?
1: Yes. So by program, I think Erica meant, you know, like if you're doing like Dave Ramsey's baby steps or you're doing, um, you know, maybe Susie Orman or something like that. So I am a Dave Ramsey kind of follower. So I'm definitely on that baby step journey, but, uh, to her question, Of like what's probably like a smaller thing that you did every day, and for me, it was having a goal and actually just writing it down and putting it somewhere visible. So when I was paying off this the student loans, when we first started off, I had seventy thousand dollars in student loans. I put that number up on a refrigerator on a post-it, and anytime we made a payment, I would get really excited about taking down that post-it and putting a new post-it up. And I even started um, posting the post-its on social media and people started seeing the number going down. And that was hugely motivating to me. And that little action of actually having a visual representation of what that goal is went a long way for me.
0: I like that. There's a little uh, instant gratification there for you as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've never been so excited about post-its. I actually had to go get a new stack of post-its because I had used up so much post-its and that was super exciting.
0: (laughs) Next question comes from Catherine. She wants to know what tools or apps, do you recommend to track everyday expenses like gas and groceries?
1: Yeah. So this is a great question. And this is something that I work with people who reach out to me to help pay off their debt. So my number one tip is use whatever... App or tool that you're going to stick with. So, <laughs> um, for example, so I use personally, I use Every Dollar, which is a free app. You can get it through you know Google Play or the you know Apple Store, and it's free for the first version. And then they have an upgraded version that will actually input all your expenses for you if you attach it to like a credit card. I actually use the free version because when well, I'm cheap, but also because it forces me to actually have to track manually my expenses and that's actually a deterrent for me if I go and buy something I'm like do I really want to put this into my budget later and then I just won't do it because I'm too lazy to go into the app Um, but not everyone is an app person not everyone is a phone person so I've had other clients that I've met with who we put a excel spreadsheet together for them and that's what they use to track their debt and that's what works for them, that's where that's how their brain works, and that's great. I had another client who's just pen and paper. She literally came into her first meeting with a notebook with, like, pages and pages of all the things that she had paid off, and she's just not an Excel person, right? She's, like, in the medical field, and so she was like, the way that I know how to do things is write things down. So that's what works for her, and so that we we made it a little bit more organized so that she's able to do it, but that's what work, works for her. And then I have another person that I know that just straight up uses cash. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> which... Kudos to them, right? But we know exactly what their budget is, and then they take out that money, amount of money in cash in the month, and then their system is like, oh, I'm out of cash, I guess I'm done. <laughs> so whatever works for you, those are some of those methods. I personally use every dollar, but if you use Excel, if you use another app like Mint.com, um, I think you might use Mint, right? I do. Yeah, um, or if you use just good old-fashioned pen and paper, uh, you know, whatever works for you, as long as you're going to stick to it, that's the most important thing.
0: Uh, next question comes from Stephanie, and she asked something that I definitely shouldn't be asking. <laughs> How old are you and AJ?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> so this actually came through Facebook. I had posted our picture of um, us paying off our house. So there's a picture of us in front of our house with one of those little cute signs that say we paid off our house. Hashtag crush this debt. And it got like a 1,000 likes or something. And people just started commenting, they're like, congratulations, amazing. But there was a handful of comments, including Stephanie was like, how old are you guys? <laughs> and some of the comments were like, wow, you guys are so young and your, your, your house is paid off. So one thank you for thinking that we're super young. Um, but we're in our, both in our 30s. So I am 34 and AJ is, oh shoot, AJ's 37. 38, wait, 37. He, he's in the audience and he's like pointing numbers at me because he doesn't even remember how old he is because we stopped counting after 35, I think. <laughs> um, so yes, we're relatively young in the grand scheme of our life, but we're not in our 20s, right? So we've had some life experience. We've both been working for at least 10 years. Um, but what's great is that we do have a long runway ahead of us. But that's not to say that if you're not in your 20s or 30s, that even if in your 40s or your 50s and you're still starting this debt-free journey, you still have so much time to fix this stuff.
0: Last question comes from Verde, who wants to know, how does it feel to be debt-free?
1: Ah, my favorite question. Um, If you can't tell from my voice, I'm just... I'm just over the mood. I was telling people after we paid off our house for the next week, I think I felt like I was drunk. I didn't actually have any alcohol, but I was walking around like in this like weird haze where I was just like, everything is so much brighter, the colors, like everything just feels so much fresher because I didn't have to, I was thinking, wow, we don't have a mortgage payment anymore. Which um up until now we were also paying double on our mortgage payment in order to pay it off faster. So we went from Three hundred thousand dollars of debt three years ago to this month. May is our first month where we didn't have a mortgage payment. I was doing our budget earlier this month and I was like, "We have this is the first time I feel like we have extra money, which is a bizarre feeling to have, but it's it's a good problem to have." So, short story is, I am feeling pretty darn awesome.
0: Well, I know that to get to that point, it took a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work and a lot of sick and tear principles. So I think you earned every bit of that feeling.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So on that note, on this happy note, I am so excited that we were able to do this today. I want to again thank everybody who helped us with this live podcast recording. So thank you, Andy, for being such an awesome host. Thank you, Queen City Podcast Network, for putting all of this together. Thank you, Coco and the director, for my double chocolate muffin this morning. And thank you, to. Charlotte Shout for putting all of these events. And again, if you're in Charlotte this weekend, please check it out. I'm going to be looking for the inflatable bunnies in a little bit. Um, But if you are interested in joining our million dollar campaign, I have $700,000 more to go, so I have plenty of room uh, for people to join us and, and help you get on your debt free journey. If you're interested, there's a couple ways. One, you can, of course, listen to the first episodes of the podcast, you can find it on anywhere you listen to podcasts, so Apple and Stitcher and all that, it's the Bernadette Joy podcast. The first season is called Crush the Step, but you really need to search my name, Bernadette Joy. Um, And if you want to find more information about me, you can go to BernadetteJoy.com. You can follow me on social media at Crush This Debt. I'm primarily on Instagram and Facebook. And I will be putting out surveys on a regular basis just to check how our progress is going. So if you have already listened to the podcast and you've paid off some debt, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your story. It inspires me every day still. And if you're looking for um, a consultation with me one-on-one, you can email me directly at BernadetteJoy at gmail.com, and we can get some time to set you up. I think that's all we have today. I think so. So thank you again, everybody. Thanks for this awesome opportunity and looking forward to crushing some more debt. Thanks, everyone. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Want to join our Crush This Debt campaign to pay off $1 million of debt? You can also learn more about our goal, tips, and today's guest on CrushThisDebt.com, our YouTube channel, and social media at Crush This Debt. See you next time. (laughs)